Leading Britain's Conversation, LBC, with Matt Fry. Okay, well, we've talked about domestic politics, we've talked about some international politics, we've just had that very powerful 45 minutes on bereavement. It's time to turn to the United States and our dear old Simon Marks, who has gone up early for us in Washington to take us through events, the events this week in America from heavy weather to heavy politics. Simon, morning, good morning. Matt. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. It's been a while. We haven't spoken for yes, ages. I know. I've been on the road, but it's lovely I to know. be back. There's nothing, there's nothing like the road, and there's nothing like having you on air. So take it away, Sam. Well, I mean, look, I mean, we're on the brink of a government shutdown. Yes, another one. Uh, I mean, it's almost it beggars belief, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, there's going to be some fresh activity in the next few hours up on Capitol Hill in what I suspect will be a futile effort to head it off. But the way things stand, uh, in what, about 15 hours at midnight tonight here on the east coast the u.s government will shut down for an unknown period of time because republicans are unable among themselves to agree a compromise over joe biden's 6.9 trillion dollar with a t uh, budget proposal the republicans say that he's spending money like a drunken sailor uh, they want to gut it they particularly want to shred it of funding for ukraine but the republicans are split they've got a very small majority in the House of Representatives, just four seats, and uh, the MAGA supporters, Make America Great Again supporters of Donald Trump, are determined not just uh, to hold the line on shredding many of Joe Biden's public spending plans, but they're also clearly now engaged in an uprising against their own leader, the Mm. Speaker of the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, who has been absolutely unable to forge any kind of compromise over the last few days. So we're going to see millions of government workers furloughed the national parks many of them the museums are going to shut down Uh, america's poorest citizens may depending on how long this thing lasts find it difficult to secure their benefits like the food stamps that they're given by the government to use to pay for uh, groceries and the basic things they need to sustain themselves Uh, and of course the the knock-on effect for the economy here and internationally will be negative because we're going to see a slowdown in economic economic activity, particularly economic activity that the government here funds. Um, uh, The last government shutdown lasted over a month. Uh, Let's see how long Republicans dig in their heels. But if we have to wait for a new Speaker of the House of Representatives to emerge before we find a way out of this thicket, uh, we are in uh, for quite a long few gloomy weeks here, I suspect. And that, of course, sends a dreadful message to the rest of the world. And who are the voters in America going to blame for all this? Well, Republicans obviously are calculating, at least uh, Republicans in the House of Representatives are calculating, that they won't be blamed for all of Mm. this. But Republicans in the Senate, the more sort of mature, seasoned Republicans, are urging their colleagues in the other House uh, to find a compromise. But look, I mean, throughout this week, we have seen uh, a Republican Party redefining itself, not just in terms of, you know, obviously, as we've discussed before, this is a party that is completely 
completely slipped from its ideological moorings. But earlier in the week, the extraordinary spectacle on Wednesday night of the second televised debate in the race for the Republican Party's presidential mm. nomination being held at the Ronald Reagan Library in Simi Valley, California, in which barely any of the seven figures on the stage was even attempting to claim the mantle of Ronald Reagan. This party has slipped so far to the right, Ronald Reagan probably would be rejected for membership at this point, were he? For being uh, too left-wing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Far and away too left-wing. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump, as you know, wasn't there. He skipped the debate. He's 40 points clear uh, of his rivals. And, and just 40 take a listen. points? Hang on a 40 second. 40 points clear. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness gracious. It and, gets and, and, bigger and bigger. Every time he's indicted, there's another point time, at it. Every time he's indicted, his political position strengthens. And and just take a listen to what occurred when, you know, the, uh, the other candidates, the also-rans, gathered in what is being being dubbed the kiddie pool of American politics. Take a listen to some of the uh, lowlights and a couple of the highlights from the debate. I intend to go ahead like this. In fact, Donald Trump should be here to answer for that, but he's not. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching. Okay? And you're not here tonight. Not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. What you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Because I can't believe they hear you've got a TikTok situation. Where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added 7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. Here's the challenge, though. Black families survived slavery. We survived poll taxes and literacy tests. We survived discrimination being woven into the laws of our country. What was hard to survive was Johnson's Great Society, where they decided to put money, where they decided to take the black father out of the household to get a check in the mail, and you can now measure that in unemployment, in crime, and devastation. Well, that sounded like fun, Simon. Did I hear the voice of, not the last one, but the previous one, of Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, discovering what might be called a spine when it comes to opposition to Donald Trump? Yes, I mean, barely. A spine, I mean, a little spine. Of, I mean, a very flexible spine. Uh, I mean, it, one of the more extraordinary facets of this debate, Matt, was that at no point during the two hours did any of the candidates, nor indeed any of the Fox News moderators, when talk turned to Donald Trump, raise the fact that the former president is facing 91 criminal charges mm. in various jurisdictions all over the country that could see him jailed for decades. Yeah. Apparently that was not something worthy even of being mentioned during the course of this debate. And I don't think it's very likely, the way things currently mm. stand, that any of those people you just heard from, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott is going to be any stronger in their challenge uh, against Donald Trump in the week ahead than they were before that debate took place. Okay, really briefly on Trump, what, sum up for us briefly, what can derail the Trump 
run for the nomination? Well, the Grim Reaper, um, I suppose, well, could derail the Trump yeah. uh, struggle for the nomination. But, I mean, at this point, it is very unclear what else could uh, tip the apple cart over. I mean, proving that a broken clock is right twice a day, Donald Trump dubbed that debate boring and inconsequential mm. and immediately demanded that the Republican National Committee should scrub further debates and simply anoint him yeah. the party's standard bearer. There is no sign of any kind of locomotive capable of derailing him. Okay, and briefly, uh, sadly, Dan Feinstein, the veteran California senator, um, who, of course, you know, said that she would run again for the Senate. And many people said, well, hang on a minute, you're, you're 90, you're old, you sound very frail. And they used that perhaps as an excuse to prevail upon Joe Biden to step down. Mm. Um, she has died this morning, we heard. So that will not be uh, an issue anymore. But, but just tell us about the significance of that briefly. Well, she was an extraordinary political figure. So, I mean, one has to pay tribute. Mm. She became the first female senator from California in 1992. Before that, she was the mayor of San Francisco. She had literally cradled the uh, dying Harvey Milk, who was an assistant to the mayor, uh, backing gay rights in San Francisco when he was assassinated during her time in the city. Uh, she was a, a centrist within the Democratic Party, supportive of the death penalty, but also very supportive of LGBTQ rights, one of the first politicians in the country to see the real political power uh, of the uh, lesbian and gay community. Uh, but she stuck around in Washington far too long. She advocated uh, and backed an assault weapons ban on Capitol Hill. Mm. She was a big backer of environmental uh, laws, uh, but she stayed around too long. And uh, at the age of 90, her presence in Washington in the last few months has only underscored the sense that America's got a gerontocracy mm. problem, and that's symbolized in very large measure by Joe Biden. Okay. We're going to leave it there. Simon Marks, uh, the young, the ever young Simon Marks, thank you very much for coming on the program.